The true Triple B. Not the Big Baller brand, but the Blake Bortles brand. It's already happening on Twitch. Our guy True Advisor says, WTF, Blake Bortles? B-Rail from Eau Claire says, let the Blake Bortles run begin. And then we also have another question from uh, True Advisor. Blake Bortles, or would you rather have... You know, statistically not great, I'll tell you that much. Brett Hunley. Rowdy, I would uh, confidently say Blake Bortles I would much rather have than Brett Hunley. Good morning, yeah, Rowdy. Yeah, totally. I mean, Blake Bortles played in an AFC championship game and probably should have won that game against the Patriots and Tom Brady. Yes, exactly. Blake Bortles is actually a pretty cool guy, too. Not to say Brett Hunley is not. Uh, but when you describe yourself as this... You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to have a hard pass. I'm going to go with the the Blake Bortles era begins in Green Bay. A one-year deal coming down from uh, the boat. <laughs> what is that? The the Blake, the best Blake best of, all, of time. all time? The best of all time. The boat, Blake Bortles. Rowdy, a lot of people um, were saying that if you think this is a move that signifies Rodgers being gone, you're an idiot. It's, is, is that true, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Brian Gutekunst came out and said, we need to get a veteran quarterback. We will be getting a veteran quarterback. And then once they go and get a veteran quarterback, everyone really freaks out. But this is a good thing. I like Blake Bortles. I think it's good assurance. Well, I mean, look at just look at what the Green Bay Packers did last year. They carried three quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jordan Love's in a tracksuit. You had Tim Boyle and Aaron Rodgers. Now you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Jordan Love, and who if, is not and, in a tracksuit, and now Blake Bortles. And if anything, you're going to have another arm in there at practice for uh, summer camps and potentially uh, yeah. Yeah. your preseason games. Yeah, totally. Because That's all it is. Even if, even if everything was smoothed out with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love was going to be the backup, when you're playing all those preseason games that we know all those NFL guys love to play yeah, in. Love them. You're not going to play. We all know that Aaron Rodgers hardly plays in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he does. Yeah, hardly. And it's not that you're going to play Jordan. You want to see Jordan Love play in the preseason, but you're not going to play him entire games. No, you're not. So it it makes sense that they needed a third guy. Now, does Blake Bortles make the roster? Who knows? But he's definitely going to be there at least uh, probably through uh, preseason. Yep. Goody did say that the Packers would be adding a quarterback or two after not taking one in the NFL draft, and he delivered on his promise. They also signed a couple other guys uh, the other day. Um God, I already forget their names. Um, the hell's the other two quarterbacks they signed? Um, doesn't really matter, but it was two. I can't remember their names. It doesn't matter. But Blake Bortles, yes, coming to the Green Bay Packers, and a lot of people freaking out that this is uh, throwing up the flag for Aaron Rodgers, that he's gone. No. No. Not happening. Remember when we were talking about the list of free agent quarterbacks that were still available, and we're like, whoo, slim pickings? Yeah. And we narrowed it down to the three that we wanted to see were Nick Mullins, Blake Bortles, or Brian Hoyer. And we got one of them. You got one of them. Uh, here we go. Chad Kelly and Kurt Benkirk. That's who the other quarterbacks were that Brian Gutekunst signed the other day. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it was over the weekend, Monday or something like that. I don't think they're going to be making the roster. So what do you got? Aaron Rodgers, potentially. Jordan Love, Blake Bortles, Kirk Benkirk, and Chad Kelly now to take part on a tryout basis during the weekend's rookie minicamp. See, Tim Boyle knew his time was numbered. Er, yeah, he was done. And Tim Boyle is now with the Lions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, playing back up to Jared Goff. So, Blake Bortles, the number three overall pick in 2014 for the Jags, a starter for five seasons for Jacksonville, 
103 tutties, 75 interceptions, and uh, an AFC championship game in, what, 2017, where they had a nice little defense and a solid offense. And he was a beast at Wembley Stadium. Blake Bortles and the Jags would go overseas, and Bortles would ball out overseas. He was so really you, good overseas. So you're saying when the Packers finally have to go overseas that he's got to be the starter for that game? Uh, yes, I, I, I would say With that. With or without Rodgers on the roster? With or without Rodgers. So I was looking at uh, Bortles' numbers last night after this all came down, and Blake Bortles, um, so this was in 2018. So this was before he played another game against the Eagles where he had one touchdown, uh, 283 yards, and zero interceptions. So leading up to this, that game in 2018, Blake Bortles in London, 3-0 and with eight touchdowns, I guess nine touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, he would be 3-1 and all time in London, Rowdy. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and his team would average over 30 points a game while Blake Bortles was quarterback with the Jags playing in London. Yeah, Blake Bortles, London's favorite son. <laughs> <laughs> the prodigal son of London, Blake Bortles. So if the Packers, because the Packers, I think, are like, the, there's only two teams left. Or, I think there's only two teams left, or maybe the Packers are the lone team not to play a game um, like in Mexico or London. Now, they did play in Canada, but I don't know if we do we even count that as a game. It was like a shortened field, and there was a yeah, giant hole Yeah, that was also it. a preseason game, which was. Yeah, that, yeah it was preseason. That right. was when they had John Gruden, Brian Gutekunst, uh Matt LaFleur all out in pregame, putting their foot in the the hole. What are we going to do here? It was 80 yards where one of the end zones was pretty much taped off. (laughs) And Gruden's like, I don't want to play. You guys want to play? That was also where the the width of the field was also not uh, standard. They played. Yeah, it was basically like, here, grab your uh, peewee team and go out and play on the side of like a school. Yeah. We're going to we're going to draw a field on. It's like you send your like team manager to go out to draw the lines in the field, but he didn't know the dimensions of the football field, so he just eyeballed it. And then there was a giant hole in the field, too, that he somehow missed. Or like, if I remember correctly, weren't they only uh, kicking extra points and field goals on one side? Again, yes. like it was peewee when there's only <laughs> yes. like one uh, uprights. Yeah, so that's, when, that's the only time the Packers have ever played outside the States. They went to Canada, and it was a total debacle. And that was a year after the stupid Hall of Fame game where they get bought the wrong paint. And remember the paint was all slippery and they kept like, uh, they couldn't even play in the field. So they canceled the Hall of Fame game. So the Packers are like, we don't want to go to London. We don't want to go to Canada again. We don't want to go to Mexico. Can we just play in the States? Well, they got their insurance policy. If they do have to play in Wembley, Blake Bortles will be playing because he is a baller uh, across the pond. I, I will say this, though. For all the people that were out there, all the free agent quarterbacks, that is, Blake Bortles was my number two, and I like it. I don't think you could have gotten anything better, especially uh, yeah. when when you had Nick Mullins, Blake Bortles, and Brian Hoyer probably being the three biggest names out there, and you got Blake Bortles just to at least bring him into camp. You know that Blake Bortles played for the Rams as a backup behind Jared Goff. Yep, he's been in that Sean McVay system, which we know McVay, Shanahan, and Lafleur were all together in Washington. They all learned together. They all kind of uh, helped grow together. So uh, he is part of that. He's been a part of that offense. It should be easy for him to And learn. don't forget, Rowdy, Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a when, good call, too. When Blake Bortles was the quarterback there. So there's when some When he had ties. some of his best seasons. Exactly. And, and I will say this. Blake Bortles is probably the coolest quarterback out there when it comes to the guys that you could have picked up off that scrap heat. I think Blake Bortles actually is a pretty seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah, and... 
just to your point with the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and Blake Bortles, the Packers are kind of trying to build a team like Jacksonville. Remember Jacksonville in that 17 season had a really stout defense. Yep. And what did they have? a young Leonard Fournette who they handed the ball to a lot. So they ran the football a ton. Mm-hmm. They played good defense and they let uh, Blake Bortles manage the team. Now saying all of this, <laughs> I still believe Aaron Rodgers <laughs> will be the starting quarterback in 2021. Um, I should put a Twitter poll up. Who's who will be taking the first snap of the season? Blake Bortles, Jordan Love, or Aaron Rodgers? In fact, I'm going to do that. I want to see if people just for fun. It's not, it's, it's not a serious poll. It's a fun poll. I'm going to put that up. But yeah, the did you break. see some of those clips <laughs> that were uh, surfacing from uh, Blake Bortles circa like 2016, 17? His interviews or? Yeah, just some of his. What's like, that, uh, that one chick? Yeah, that's, they're hilarious. Oh, is there swearing in it? Because I have it up right here. Do you remember if there's swearing in it? I don't think so. But oh. yeah, that was a, that was an earlier Barstool uh, clip from way back in the day. Yeah, that was Blake Bortles. Uh, that was right. He was super young in the NFL and talking about being like a, a bachelor playing in the NFL. And smoking a bunch of cigarettes. <laughs> and doesn't he, didn't he have like a big, huge truck, like a giant truck? And he smoked a bunch of ciggies and he just was like trying to hit on, or wasn't trying, was hitting on this Barstool reporter chick in his house. And she was very receptive of it all. Blake Bortles seems like a freaking cool dude. I would totally want to have a beer with this guy. Yeah, they asked him uh, what he would be if he wasn't an NFL quarterback, and he literally said, "Probably a construction worker." I think here, I think I might have this. Um, no, there's there shouldn't be any swearing in it. Blake Bortles. It's the first time in a long time you've had a what most would consider a capable backup. Yeah, like if if Blake Bortles had to start every single game for the Green Bay Packers, I would think most of us, including myself, would be disappointed with yeah. the results. But if Aaron Rodgers went down with, say, a calf, a calf injury or a concussion or he was out half a season with a collarbone, mm-hmm. a guy like a Blake Bortles is a guy that's good enough to win some games. Correct. We're not talking about he's going to, to and he's lead cool. Your, yeah, he's not going to be able to lead this type of team to a 13-3 and three season. <laughs> cool There's no the doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, Blake but Bortles is cooler than a motorcycle. If, if you had a Blake Bortles in a 16-game season with this current Packers roster, now granted they have a, a, a tougher schedule this year, but if you had him in the leading the Packers last year with last year's schedule, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that team still won close to eight games. Yeah, It's not a complete wash where it's like, okay, this season's completely over. No, it's a guy that, listen, Blake Bortles, when he's given a good a, a good defense like he had with the Jags, they made it to an AFC championship and game. A and a run B- game. And Bortles is able to you know manage a game, hand the ball off, like Rowdy was saying earlier to Leonard Fournette, right? And some pretty good wide receivers on that team. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds kind of like the – now, this is – Worst case scenario, Rodgers maybe sits out or retires or, God forbid, gets hurt. <laughs> yes, we're not cheerleading for Blake Bortles to play no, any game. This actually. is Blake, 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 Blake. Blake. <laughs> I mean, this guy's freaking cool, man. Like, my preference is for him never to play. Other right. than some preseason. Same. My preference for him is just to make funny videos, you know, for like on, on Twitter, and then we laugh at but it. But having him be the backup, I... I would be... I'm more confident in him as a backup. He's the boat. As anybody... That's been on the Packers roster for the past few seasons. Rowdy, there's the goat, and then there's the boat. Blake Bortles yeah, is the you, boat. Could you imagine the best of all time if he wound up in Tampa and it was the goat and the boat on the same team? Oh, they'd be they'd be unstoppable. I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, that's a minimum of a five peat right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. New schedules out, obviously, for uh, the Green Bay Packers and the whole NFL team. I saw uh, my brother. He had commented on. Or uh, at, on Facebook at Zone Masters with Rogers 
0-17 with his schedule. With Love, 14-3. and With Bortles? And I and I messaged back with Blake Bortles, 17-0. Oh, yeah, I forgot it's 17 Man, I don't know. I don't know about troll sanity over there. That (laughs) 0-17 with Aaron Uh Rodgers, that's very reminiscent of when somebody on these airwaves kept saying 0-12 with uh, Paul Christ oh. and the Wisconsin Badgers. In fact, that person messaged me earlier today. I think he did message me 0-12. No, that was yesterday. No, yeah, yeah, Tuesday. 0-12. We can only get so lucky with one of the biggest yeah, – and then he talks bad about the Badgers. All right, real quick, before we get to Corbin Burns coming up here, I wanted to play this again just because I love it, and it just shows you how cool Blake Bortles truly is. This <laughs> – this could be the Bortles era coming up. If Rodgers, God forbid, gets hurt or retires or sits out, I don't know if you'll see Jordan Love right away, but you probably see some Blake Bortles. He may not be the greatest of a quarterback, but my God, he is cool. Here's Blake Bortles from a couple years ago doing an interview. Uh, I don't know the lady's name, but she works for or worked for Barstool. So here is a uh, two questions to Blake Bortles, and he answers them. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, usually just piss. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> what would you do if you weren't playing football? If I wasn't playing football, um, working construction, ripping cigs. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Bortles is freaking awesome. I mean, it, it's better than like some of those ones you get where I'd probably be the president of a company right now. What? Well, Excuse no, me? <laughs> he had another interview back around that same time that was pretty funny where they were talking about like Basically, he was. This was back right at the end of uh, his UCF days, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty much just at UCF to play football. I'm really not that great of a student." It was like complete <laughs> honesty. He's like, "I don't really like school. I'm not Dude, great at it." Blake Bortles freaking rules. Here's the thing, though. We're not. We're not saying he's gonna be quarterback one. Even though I did tweet that out yesterday. What we're saying is. <laughs> Like Blake Bortles out of the junk heap that was out there for the Packers to sign, Blake Bortles arguably could have been the best one. There's Nick. Who was it, Rowdy? Nick Mullins. In my opinion, it's him and Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, Blake Bortles, and what was the other one that we had on our show? The only other one was definitely an older. Brian Hoyer. Yeah, 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 Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, who's 36. And I think when you look at it, Mullins and uh, Bortles fit the system, Matt LaFleur's system he wants to really. show more than a Brian Hoyer did. Brian Hoyer was more of a West Coast guy like a Mike McCarthy system. And don't forget Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, was with the Jacksonville Jaguars with the real Triple B, not the Big Baller brand, the Blake Bortles brand, BBB, the boat, the best of all time. So Blake Bortles, listen, it's better than just the Packers having, what, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Nobody knows what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. You don't know what's up with Jordan Love. At least you know that Blake Bortles can navigate a team. <laughs> and if he's given a good defense, and he's given a good run game, which Packers have a better defense than years past, they have a good run game in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they have good wide receivers, i.e. Devontae Adams. Worst case scenario, Blake Bortles can find a way to get her done. Our guy Rob Reichel from Forbes.com. My guy Robbie. What's up, Rob? Come on, Evo. I was an altar boy growing up. Well, who's a bad boy now? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rob. Uh, our good boy, Rob Reichelon, who never stirs the pot up at all. No, 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 no. Never, never, never. Robbie, when the levee breaks is playing right now by Led Zeppelin, what a what a jam. That harmonica by Robert Plant, phenomenal. But, Robbie, is the levee going to break in Green Bay uh, with all this like information coming out? Are we ever going to get an answer 
from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers brass, what the hell's going on, or we really have to wait till June first, June second? You know, Green Bay is playing nice clearly here, and 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 you're right, Evil. That that is what everybody is waiting on right now because. Is, is Aaron Rodgers to say something or speak, and if he ever has the kahunas to come ahead, you know, to go ahead and do so, um, he, he'll trot his minions out there every two or three days, right? The, you know, <laughs> the, the, the Coons the and employee, the, the James the Joneses. Employee, yep, the team employee John Coon, his buddy James Jones, who works for the NFL, right? He's he's got his mouthpieces at at radio stations in, in Milwaukee, where his <laughs> fanboy reporter from your paper in Madison works, and works and stuff so you know love it they're they're on there demanding that the general manager apologizes to aaron Rodgers. i mean are you are you flipping kidding me the the general manager needs to apologize for looking out for the best interest of this football team a decade down the road um you know some people are just crazy clueless evil but um you know I i love you rob well I love you too, buddy. But it just—it—it—it's it, it, comical that some people call themselves journalists, and, oh, and I, I don't want—I don't want to go off on a tangent there. I mean, you can—you can, you can feel all, free, Rob. Feel free, buddy. What we're all waiting for, clearly, Evo, is for for the quarterback to say something, to talk, to to, to say why is he upset, what is he mad about, instead of you know the passive aggressive nonsense that he's come up with for fifteen or sixteen years, where. You know, he'll he'll leak this here and he'll leak this there. And, you know, even when I, I wrote this last week at Forbes, I think it was over the weekend, that, um, you know, the, the fan base isn't isn't exactly on board with him here. They're 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 not even close on board. You know, there's there are there are certain polls in this state right now, Evo, that are about two to one against Aaron Rodgers. And when you flash this thing back to 2008, the summer of 08, Brett Favre had about 90 percent of the state you know, um, telling management, let him back in. I mean, people went to Lambeau Field to protest and, and to yell far forever and far for president and, and spend a, and spend a day outside of Lambeau demanding that they let Brett back in. Um, it, it isn't going the same way for, for Aaron from a PR standpoint right now, even it's, you know, it's, it's largely split, but there, there are some polls that, uh, that are even significantly against him, and and I know that shocks him, Evo, because he's very calculated, and uh, I'm sure he thought coming off an MVP season he would he would crush the Packers in a PR battle. Well, that hasn't happened, and 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 the state isn't real hip how he's handling his business right now. So, you're, you're exactly right, Evo. That that's what we're waiting for is to hear something from the quarterback. Um, rather than you know every every couple of days to to bring out one of his buddies to say something for him. Rob, you know when a baseball player is about to hit the cycle and they're waiting for like like the home run. I feel like you just came on these airwaves and hit the grand slam, and now you're waiting <laughs> to do the rest of the cycle here. Well, Rob, what an opening opening statement from Rob Reichel. I am like so, in so, awe. So right I, now. Should al- I should almost pull the George Costanza and just leave on, on a high. Leave right? on a high note. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, that's Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Nice talking to you, Robbie. No, um. Rob, why not speak to the media? Why not say something? I mean, the Packers brass have been playing very nice. You've heard a lot of comments from them. I'm, I don't know how much is believable, but you literally heard from everyone except Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think even Brian Gutekunst's brother or uncle is going to get up and start saying something pretty soon. What, why not? Is it, would it be like losing some leverage, some hand? Like I don't understand why you don't just go speak. 
Because, Evo, he can spin this at the end of the day. Let, let's just say he and the Packers eventually reconcile, which, which again, I don't think is going to happen. I, I think the end game here is he's in Denver or Las Vegas or Miami or wherever it turns out to be. But let's just say the end game is he and the Packers reconcile. Evo, he can spin this all back to the media. He can spin it back to Adam Schefter, not having great information when he started this. Um, Evo, all he has to do right now you know, is, is, is step forward. I mean, Evo, think of it this way, right? Schefter broke the story on a Thursday, two weeks ago today. You know, the, the following day or two days later, um, the, 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 the team president, Mark Murphy, goes to the, to the team website and, and pretty much says everything that Schefter wrote was accurate, and they're having all these issues and problems with Rodgers, right? So, um, you know, it, it, there's clearly, um, you know, no misunderstanding that, that there's bad blood and, and, there's, and there's issues here. But Rodgers, let's just say it's the middle of June and, the, and they bring him back, Evo, can totally spin this back and say uh, the media made way more of it than it was. The media did this, the media did that, and, and he doesn't have to account for anything or any blame later on. In, in essence, Evo, what he's doing is, is he's, he's kind of leaving that window open um, to backtrack from anything that he potentially would have said at this point in time. So that, that's about the only thing to me, Evo, that makes sense mm-hmm. is, is that later on, um, he can say this was kind of a media creation and there was yeah. you know, way more, you know, sure. the media made way more of it than, than it actually was. Um, but obviously, I, I think we all know that that's nonsense, or he would have stepped forward by well, now. You always want to kind of and put this fire out, evil. You always want to control control your own narrative, right? You don't want other people no doing way. it for you. So, I mean, the longer if you don't say anything or do anything, you can eventually spin it the way you want, as long as you wait long enough. Like you know, eventually people will be dug in so far from whatever the truth is that you will be able to spin it. So, you know, I, I see what he's doing. I guess I guess if you think about it, a long-term play is kind of genius. Yeah, and Rob, like in your profession, it's like writing an article that's completely false or has fake stuff in it and then coming back six months later and updating it and yeah. editing it. Well, no one really cares about what it is because everyone already has an opinion on it. Yeah. No, no question, guys. And Not, it, saying, you, and not no, saying you do that, Rob. I'm just in general. No, of, of course, and, and and you guys know this well enough. I mean, if he does end up reconciling with the Packers, I, I don't. I think the fans are going to have incredibly short memories, right? And, oh yeah. And once you start winning games, it's fine. Absolutely. Once he starts throwing touchdown passes again, heck, once once he steps back on Wisconsin soil and 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 everybody sings "Kumbaya" and he and Gutekunst put their arms around each other for a picture somewhere, um, I, you know, Packer fans are going to forget extremely quickly. That you know that the the month here that this is probably going to drag out um, actually took place. So um, yeah, guys, I mean we're we're in that really weird pattern right now. It's that holding pattern until we can get to June one, where the Packers have to have something figured out, right, one way or the other. Okay. Either they're going to either they're going to throw up their arms and say we did everything possible to reconcile with this guy and it just didn't work itself out. So let's get the draft picks, let's get the players, and go play football. Or they're going to keep trying to push that boulder up the hill, even though my guess is that boulder is going to keep coming, you know, and crashing down on them, um, you know, almost like in Greek mythology, guys. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that, I think, is kind of where Murphy and Lafleur and, and Gutekunst have to be at this point in time. They're getting tired of getting crushed by that boulder. Uh, is it Atlas that holds the, the the world, Rob? Is it Atlas that holds the earth? Yeah, the Atlas holding the earth. That's, is that the Brian Gutekunst trying to hold it up and now it's going to come crashing down, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, anyways, Rob, let me ask you. The boat, 
The BBB, Blake Bortles brand. What is this signing for Blake Bortles? Is this an insurance policy if Rodgers isn't there? Is it a guy to bring in for a veteran in camp? Is it, Or is it both? Like, what is this? Well, I mean, clearly they need somebody to throw the football around now as, as their camps get going here. You know, a rookie camp this weekend, um, you know, an OTA mini camps on the horizon, guys starting as early as, as, next, as next week. The only quarterback they had on the roster was Jordan Love. I mean, somebody has to throw the football, and they don't want to burn Love's arm out clearly in May. So they needed another body, um, a camp body. Guys, I mean, hey, does he have a chance to be on the roster? I'd say it's 50-50. We have to see all this Rogers stuff plays out. He's not going to be an opening day starter. I can, I can almost guarantee you that. I know he led Jacksonville to an AFC championship game in 2017 but that team was largely you know kind of controlled by a defense and in a run game and a conservative offense he does have a past relationship with the offensive coordinator nathaniel hackett hackett likes the guy a lot he he obviously put in a good word for him or, or he wouldn't be in green bay at this point in time you know but but Evo, my guess is you know at best um of a, a backup i i still think Evo, if they move rogers there, there's a significant chance a quarterback comes back in that trade, if, you know, if Gutekunst and these guys wholeheartedly believe Love needs another year to develop, that that the COVID year was almost a waste of everybody's time, and it really, really was a tough year for him to develop. I mean, they'll get a quarterback back from a team like the Raiders or or, or the even the Browns or the Dolphins or somebody like that. Um, you know, you, you you could see Tua here, right? You you could see. Um, you know, you, you, you could certainly see Carr from the Raiders here. You, you you could see Cleveland's guy here, right? I mean, anything at this point in time, guys, is possible. And uh, I know some of those teams I just mentioned think if they add Rodgers to the equation, they go from being a wild-card team to a legitimate, you know, AFC title uh, contending kind of a team, a team that reaches the AFC championship game. Um, and if that happens, guys, then you're talking probably what Baker Mayfield and Love, maybe for a year, and then there's no need for a Blake Bortles, right? Maybe it's Tua and Love for a year, and you don't need a Blake Bortles. But if they don't get a quarterback back in the Rodgers trade, then you're going to probably need a guy like Bortles on the <laughs> roster. So that, that's why I say it's probably 50-50 he's on the team, guys, when we get to September. Oh, Rob, it totally makes sense bringing in Blake Bortles to be at least an arm because you, you, you can't have – Jordan Love being your only quarterback if Aaron Rodgers does hold out. But do you know if uh, if uh, Matt LaFleur has a direct line to Craig Council? Because if he's questioning whether Jordan Love's arm is going to be shot by May or June, I, I got to ah. think there's a direct line there somewhere. Rob, his, his arm <laughs> shot in May or June. He didn't even play last year. <laughs> I mean, look no, at that tracksuit. That, 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 that's actually funny because I know I know Council will limit him to 70 pitches, right, or 70 throws. <laughs> He gets 70, 70 dropbacks of practice. Uh, 70 dropbacks. Right, That's funny, dude. And, and hey, they're, they're, guys, they're probably not done. I mean, the majority of these things, you're looking at three, four arms in a camp, you know, at a practice and things like that. They want to limit the reps of the starters. I think they're just tiptoeing. They're being as careful as possible, trying not to irritate, doing anything possible to irritate the disgruntled quarterback who's who's pouting out west. Ugh, and, it's um, getting annoying. It's 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 a ridiculous soap opera, guys. And um, Rob, you know, I love I, the drama. Like I love the drama. I feed off the drama. It gives us something to talk about. But even I am getting just my eyes can only roll so far back in the back of my head. You know. Yeah, there's probably only so many you know 
phone calls a day you can take right before throwing up your arms and so many words that I can write on my keyboard before before saying, man, is, is you know this story has gotten old and tired. So, you know, guys, I mean, it is. Do you it, think? It do you wild. think, Rob? In your humble opinion, do you think that he'll end up being traded? A hundred ninety-five percent, yes. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on that I, vein I, too. I, I, I think he's that dug in. This isn't about money anymore. This isn't about the biggest contract. It's not even about that extra year and stuff like that. It's. You know, it's somebody well, whose feathers were ruffled, and he doesn't Rob. forgive. I mean, he just Evo, he just flat out doesn't forgive. And, I mean, take his own family into account. I mean, he hasn't had a relationship with them for years. I mean, there, there are people that he perceives, at least in his past, that have wronged him, and he immediately writes them out of his life. It's just are you it's on the Evo, list? It's how, it's, it's how he rolls. And now Brian Gutekunst is at the top of that list. You know, Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur you know, are on that list. And I just don't think there's any point of return at, at this point in time. Evo, I, I just don't know what more the Packers can do. You know, they, they've sent out every major representative from the organization to try to, you know, to try to get him to soften his stance, and it hasn't worked. So well, I just, I don't know, Evo, at this point in time, what more the organization can well, do. And, 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 and that's why I'm you know, heavily leaning Evo toward a trade. Well, Robbie, I'm 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 with you too, man. I think I mean people are like, oh, the money's do this, the money's do that. I'm like, they can they can figure it out. They'll find a way to do it to get it done. Because uh, Rob, I'm listening to Ian Rappaport yesterday. I think he was on what the Pat McAfee show or whatever, and he had reported that the Packers had offered Rodgers, you know, an extension to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and that nope wasn't enough. The sides are those two sides are too far at odds. And then I hear John Kuhn saying that, you know, Rodgers wants to be more involved like Tom Brady, where he gets a say in who uh, comes into the organization. But then I'm thinking to myself, isn't Tom Brady taking pay cuts? Isn't, like, other players on the team taking pay cuts to bring in some of these guys? Like, what, what you know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, in this situation. Tom Brady has been the most, you know, underpaid, uh, magnificent athlete of, of our time. He, he winds up evil almost every year in the States. Fact, obviously, his time in New England, being somewhere in the middle of the pack you know, being paid as a quarterback. And, and I think he's at about $10 million this year right now in, in Tampa. And Patrick Mahomes, same deal. He's about seven, seven and a half. Where Aaron's 37-5, guys. I mean, Rodgers will be five times the money that Mahomes makes this year. He'll be, you know, almost four times the money, at least from a salary cap perspective, that, that Tom Brady is. Wow. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady, guys. You know, he's got one ring, and, and Tom's got seven. And, and Tom's <laughs> been to... So what? Ten of the things, so or nine. So I mean, no, it's it, 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 it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I really think guys that they're here. You're right, Evo. Uh, Rogers has never been one to adjust his money, his salary um, along the way, and, and some of these other guys do. I think you're opening a ridiculously dangerous can of worms when you start letting employees handle decisions that management needs to handle. Uh, it never happened with Brett Favre, and you know, it never happened. With Joe Montana, it never happened with Troy Aikman. I mean, it never happened with Dan Marino. Go on and on and on, right? Um, so, it, and it's not going to happen with Patrick Mahomes, guys. And it, and it shouldn't happen with Aaron Rodgers. If, if, if Aaron Rodgers wants to own a football team one day, good for him. He can put the team on the field, much like John Elway became a general manager, right? Then then Aaron can go ahead and take that path in life. But right now, to me, there's a there's a significant line between general manager and quarterback and, and the quarterback you know, does not have a say, to me at least, in, in personnel. Well, Rob, in the time being, since he is a small minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, we'll let Rodgers tinker with the Bucks to see if they win a championship. And if they don't this year, then I guess we'll get our answer on him being a team owner or a GM, okay? 
There you go. You can be the bad guy and fire Budenholzer here in a month. <laughs> How would that be something? Hey, Booty, you just made the list. You're fired. <laughs> hey, Rob, always a pleasure, man. We'll keep keeping on. Rob Reichel, your Twitter account, Forbes.com. And I'd be, uh, who, who am I forgetting here with your media outlets? Oh, you always forget my good friends at Conley Media. Conley. You I always want to say Conway, but it's Conley Media. The best of the best out there for my guy, Rob Reichel. We love you, Robbie. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Rowdy, Corbin Burns is back today for your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, reading right here, old Burnsy. Oh, and speaking of Burnsy, another birthday shout-out to uh, Burnsy on Twitch.tv. Happy birthday, Burnsy. Beer, hopefully not with Charlie, but beer and golf <laughs> later today. Beer or career? Tonight, choose beer. Tomorrow morning, please choose career. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently for the other Burns, Corbin Burns, I'm reading right here, that Burns said yesterday that he had a positive test for the coronavirus last month, and that was what caused him to go on the IL. But he added he was asymptomatic the entire time, and Burns is expected to be activated in time to pitch today for that 12:40 affair, the rubber match against the St. Louis Cardinals. So what are we thinking, dude? Burns with his limited time off, with his I thought he was. I thought he said he got the vaccine, too. Uh, with his limited time off, Rowdy, uh, Burns, you took the Brewers on the razor's edge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was one of our picks today. Why are you so confident in Burns coming back with some time off, then? Just because he's a the phenom he, that well, he is? Well, both him and Craig Council talked about how he was able to get some throwing in. He was able to get some bullpen sessions in. So, now, granted, it's probably not 100% his actual routine that he would normally do from, you know, the day after a start to the day before the start, it's it's not exactly the same routine. Yeah. And obviously it's been a couple weeks. But to be able to still throw and still do something, I think is going to be a plus for Corbin Burns. And we've talked about the story of Corbin Burns quite a bit on these airwaves. And we talked about how in 2019, it, it was a mental struggle. Yes. He did go from, you know, number two in the rotation to all of to a sudden double A. Double A. The guy, and it wasn't that his stuff just became terrible. It was all mental between the ears. We talked yeah. about how he went to that, um, what was it, the little the uh, pitching lab, fantasy pitching lab, Worked mentally little, and physically. Yeah, and he embraced his cutter. I think is what they're saying too. And he figured some things out there. If there's one guy that's going to be able to, I, I guess, jump over this little mental mental hoop here. It's going to be a guy like Corbin Burns, that's a right? Good, that's a really good point, Rowdy. That's a great point, actually. Like, he's he's done he's stuff done that he's is harder it. than this. Yeah, he's already done it. He even said in his, in his little um, comments that, yeah, he tested positive for COVID, but here's the thing. He had no symptoms. He he didn't feel any worse than he did the day before when he was negative. And yeah. he literally was throwing bullpen yeah. sessions and was Council able said, to continue throwing. Yeah, Council said we had comments from the other day. Council was talking about how he was able to keep, you know, throwing. Now, do I? He didn't have to stop. Do I fully expect Corbin Burns to be as good as he has been earlier this year? No, because I would say I would be expecting him to fall off from how high and how great he had been just in the beginning in those first handful of starts. Will. Will Corbin Burns get the record tonight? Well, that's what I was going to say. I still firmly believe he'll get that record. Three more strikeouts to get the record. 52 straight strikeouts without a walk. I still firmly believe he'll get that record. And I still believe that he'll have a good start. He'll have a quality start where he'll go six plus innings, give up three runs or less. 
That's that's what I believe will happen. That's why I took the bet in the uh, Razor's Edge. Corbin Burns is sitting at 49, uh, was it 49 strikeouts? Yep, zero walks. 49 strikeouts, zero walks. Kenley, that's second all-time in the majors. Kenley Jansen, the former closer. Was he the closer? Still the closer. Still, uh, Excuse me. Closer for the L.A. Dodgers. He is sitting uh, at 51 strikeouts, zero walks. I think that was from 2017, if memory serves me correct. So Corbin Burns... He can if he gets the fifty-two without walking a guy, then he has himself the record, and he's got that opportunity starting this afternoon, today starting at twelve forty. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that uh, Corbin Burns gets it, and I'm also gonna say he throws the ball well. Might not be his sharpest outing that we see out of Corbin Burns, but I will. I would put money on Corbin Burns right now will pitch well enough for if the Brewers' offense can score some runs, they'll win the game. Correcto mundo. And again, it comes down to the offense. So on the offense, I have comments here from Craig Council. And last night, the Brewers' offense still abysmal. But here's a good thing, right? Obviously, Al Garcia, he returned to the lineup. He had been out for a while. Uh, Was it a hamstring injury, if I remember correctly? Was it hammy for obviously Al? Rowdy? No, I don't remember what he had. I think it was a hamstring injury for uh, Garcia. Well, Garcia gets back in the lineup, and what did what did he do last night, Rowdy? What did what did Garcia do? Well, he went big fly. He went big fly. He hit it out. Was it four hundred forty two feet? He hit a moonshot. See, the Garcia stuff, it wasn't really a, any major injury because he didn't sit out for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, miss, but you know, we're missing his bat, right? He gets finally activated. He comes back, and he hits a freaking moonshot. And that was nice to see. Guys coming back that you've been missing that start performing. Uh, Travis Shaw had a nice little game last night. Uh, and then here's this. So we were talking about the runners in scoring position because what are the Brewers now? Well, I mean, they only had five hits last night. And yeah, they they're, they're some just runners. two for 21. In their in the so far in the series against St. Louis with runners in scoring position, brutal. Here's Craig Council on them struggling with runners in scoring position, but he says, uh, like Jim Morrison and the Doors, they're going to break on through. We haven't been great offensively this past week, but we've also faced some from some guys that throw in the ball pretty good, and and just it's one of those spots where you're just we've had guys on base and just not getting that next hit. So it's baseball. I mean, it, it's it's baseball and. Obviously, we'd like to score more runs and keep trying to score more runs. And my goal is to just keep putting pressure on teams. I think we're doing a fairly good job of that and, and break through one of these times. Break on through to the other side. See, I, I kind of chuckle when uh, Craig Council says that because I was actually kind of thinking about some of the same things yesterday before the Brewer game had actually started where I go, yeah, this Brewers offense, especially the last couple of weeks, really has been struggling. Now, they face some good pitchers, but I go, it's every single night where they're not scoring. I go, every single night they're not seeing a phenomenal yeah. pitcher. I was going to say, every single night are they facing like the Nets, Cy Young or something out there on the mound? Like, Jesus. Like, there there have been games where it's like, okay, you saw like a Zach Wheeler where he had his A game, and he goes throws yeah. a complete game shutout, and he, and he was on point. And that just happened to be against Brandon Woodruff where he, where they couldn't score any runs for Woody, and Woody only gave up one. Yeah. So there have been times in in this two week span where you've seen a good good pitcher, but then it's like you see other times where it's like their fourth or fifth starter, and you're like, well, this guy's got an ERA of like four today, and <laughs> and then they make him look like Cy Young, and all of a sudden he leaves the game, and his ERA is in the upper twos. It's yeah, like it's like come on, not bro. All these guys are amazingly great pitchers. It's like. It's just been terrible for for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Travis Shaw had a nice little game last night. I mean, he is the reason why the Brewers won. Um, 
he talks on um, why they, they they'll start getting timely hits more often. Hope springs eternal, right, Travis Shaw? Yeah, we've had a little difficulty kind of getting that big hit. Runners in scoring position, we haven't been great up and down the lineup, but that'll come as long as we keep getting guys on and uh, getting the opportunity to drive guys in. They're eventually going to fall, and uh, we'll start coming up with some more timely hits. I know it hasn't happened a lot recently, but every day we have the confidence in each and every guy that comes up in those situations. And he also talks about how they're going to get games like last night because it's a battle for the NL Central at the top of that division. Yeah, that's how these games are going to go. St. Louis is in first place right now, it seems like. Anytime we play them, it's always close like this. So there's going to be some back and forth. We're going to have nights that get away from us like last night, and then we're going to have our night like we had tonight. So just come ready to go each day. These games are huge, obviously, with the top of the division. But we'll split so far, and uh, hopefully we can win this series tomorrow. One thing that he did say that I do like is we need to continue to put guys on base. Yes. And and the hits will come. Yes. Now, whether the hits come or not, you do have to continue to put guys on base to put yourself in that uh, situation obviously and if they don't end up coming well this is going to be an extremely bad offense and uh, I think a lot of people might not have jobs coming up next season <laughs> like, are you looking at uh, Andy Haynes Andy Haynes might be some the hitting some coach of, some of the players that are on their last year of their deal yeah or were on one-year deals with options they might not be brought back dude how awesome was that uh the first run that scored when Travis Shaw hit that that deep, deep, deep warning track power shot. The outfielder tripped over his own shoelaces, fell down, still made the catch. But Low Kane put on the burners from second and just gutted it out the home plate. That was freaking awesome for a guy that didn't have his legs about him. Put what, the ball in play. What was better, that or Avisal Garcia's moonshot? That because that, that home run was sick. Obviously, he spanked it like a redheaded stepchild, Rowdy. Yeah, the in my opinion, the Avisel Garcia, that home run was more impressive because it it was a lot harder skill. I mean, Lorenzo Cain was opportunistic. Mm-hmm. He was opportunistic that he was uh, cooking, dude. Bader not only did he fall down, but on the transfer lost the baseball and then had to scurry after it. You ever seen that old man like out in the park and he's like giving it his all, playing like hoops or baseball or something where he's slow pitch softball and he just is like gutting out. He's like running as fast as he can. His helmet flies off and he tears both of his hamstrings. That was like Lorenzo Cain last night getting to home. <laughs> it was it was a it was a thing of beauty. It was that old man's strength coming through. But that moonshot from Abisiel Garcia, uh, Shaw talks about having Garcia back in the lineup. He hits the ball harder than pretty much everybody on this team. And when he backspins it to the pull side, it's impressive to see how far it's going to go. And, and that's what he did there in the, the eighth inning. And so far in May, he's been he's been kind of the spark for us the last week or so, getting on base at the clip he's been getting on. So hopefully up and down the lineup, we can pick it up and, and get on a little streak like he's been on. Man, Abby Garcia, nice to have him back. But Rowdy, I saved the best for last before we get to our guy, Rob Reichel, from Forbes.com Excuse me to talk some Packers. The performance of Brandon Woodruff. That was sick. Here's counsel on Woody's performance. He's completely in control of kind of his, you know, emotional state out there. And it's he's competing really well. Nothing, nothing really gets him off it. And and then he's just got an incredible fastball. And that the fastball that 
he can just pour in the strike zone located just makes the hitter hitter have to be aggressive because he's throwing so many strikes and um you know he's able to kind of get through innings pretty pretty efficiently and how about if you're travis shaw watching brandon woodruff go to work it's impressive it's fun to play behind him he gets ahead of hitters i mean he's working quick i mean he's coming right after hitters and as a defender playing behind that uh, that's all you can ask for and we have the most confidence in him every five days we'd like to score a little bit more runs for him but overall i mean he's been incredible and his numbers show that and every five days you know exactly what you're going to get and let's hear from the man himself here's brandon woodruff i think now the challenge is keeping it going it's not how you start it's how you finish type thing and i think that's really important yeah it's great to get off to a good start and i think that's just a, a combination of just pitching getting innings under your belt realizing what teams are doing seeing these guys you know around the league a little bit more and just getting more experience i think that has definitely helped so what do you think rowdy woody you're going to continue on just crushing skulls the rest of the season? I want to see why not. 100% as long as he stays healthy. Yep. And one more from Woodruff. He's pumped to see Corbin Burns return to the mound today. Shaping up to be a pretty good one. So just seeing Corbin when we got back and he looks good. He's ready to go. Watched him throw a bullpen on the off day. And hopefully he hasn't missed a beat, but he looks pretty good. So hopefully he can keep that going. And yeah, it's shaping up and looking like it's going to be a pretty good one tomorrow. So Rowdy, you took the Brewers on the razor's edge because of Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff just gave you the A-OK on how Burnsy is looking. I do like how the Brewers Twitter account is calling him the big woo. The big woo. Because it makes me, in my head, do the Ric Flair. Woo! Brandon Woodruff does got that Ric Flair drip. He go woo on a pitch. Self-edit. Corbin Burns is on the precipice of history. It's like you're at the event horizon of a black hole. You don't know what's on the other side, but if you take that two step that step forward, you're going to find out. So if Corbin Burns takes that step forward this afternoon of the event horizon, is he going to find the record on the other side of him beating Kenley Jansen's 51 strikeouts with zero walks? Corbin Burns is going to 52 plus no walks today at American Family Field against the Dirty Birds. I think he does. I think he does, I, too. I don't know why he wouldn't. I the only thing that you would have for concern is the fact that he hasn't thrown in two weeks. But, but, Brandon Woodruff, a.k.a. the Big Woo, he's got the Ric Flair drip go woo on a pitch. Rowdy, he said that Burns is looking good because Woody was out there watching Burns uh, you know, practice, and he's like, he is dialed in. We just had the comments from him. I think that's, that's a good sign because Brandon Woodruff, <laughs> last time I checked, that cat is dialed in, too. Almost, I think you can almost say that every single starting pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers that was in the original starting rotation, mm-hmm. they've all been on point. I They've all been in games that they've either won or lost where both teams scored three runs or less. Yes. And that's the real issue. And we had the bold prediction uh, before the season started, and it, the bold prediction was what? That Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff would combine for, was it 32 or 35 wins? Thir- 35. 35 with, wins. Both of a, them had a sub-3 ERA. A sub-3 ERA. Well, guess what? They both had the sub-3 ERA. They've been better. They've been better ERA-wise than that article even predicted for a dream season but what the hell are they on pace for for wins because i can tell you this much it ain't gonna be 35 well right now they're combined for four (laughs) and we're a month and a half in i i don't think they're gonna be combining for 35 wins um is is that okay if i say that does that does that sound okay No, i think that's uh, probably pretty legit okay yeah i think it's also pretty legit too it's just the brewers sticks can't get it done now they did last night but here's the thing 
They're <laughs> you want to know you want to know how many <laughs> their average dropped last night in the win. You want to know how many games Woodruff and Corbin Burns are currently on pace for combined? I mean, yeah, I'm curious. Now, granted, Corbin Burns has been out for two weeks. We've talked about how there's been a lot of no decisions or or bad losses where the offense really just didn't give them any run support. <laughs> They're combined for 17 and a half wins right now. Huh? That's what they're on pace for. They're 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 on pace for a combined seventeen and a half wins. I mean, both only have two wins right now. That's we're already a month and a half in. It's a six month season. Doesn't that almost seem criminal? Like charges should be brought up on the Brewers' offense for that nonsense. Well, I did. I actually I did see a really good tweet. I believe it was from Adam McKelvey last night. What he say? And it was about Brandon Woodruff and the lack of run production that he's gotten. And, and the tweet was. Brandon Woodruff has the lowest run support per nine innings of any qualifying starter in the majors at the moment. The Brewers, when he pitches, are averaging 1.82 runs per game when Woodruff is on the mound. Uh huh. That's <laughs> AKA he's got to give up one run or less every time he takes a mound for the Brewers to uh, consistently get him wins. Oh my God. Wow. Or at least be in the game. And, and you, you can't do much better than that. No, you really can't. Unless you're out there doing the immaculate game every game, like throwing a perfect game. That way you, you know for a fact that the uh, that the Brewers offense the can Bru- just try one run. Well, just think about that. We've we've criticized the Brewers offense p- pretty much outside of a two-week span yep. the whole season yep. about how it hasn't been able to get going. It's not scoring runs. It's not hitting with runners in scoring position. And you look at the fact that they're averaging about 3.75 runs per game. MLB average is four and a half, so it's well below average. And then when you talk about the Brewers' ace, the ace of the staff, the guy that's supposed to be your best pitcher, your stopper, mm-hmm. they're giving him less than two runs of run support. It's nearly, it's nearly two runs less of what they're averaging what? per game. Are they just in awe? Is the Brewers' offense just in awe of what's happening on the mound, and they're just like so distracted by how good Woody Burns, et cetera, is? Is, is that like what? How? Sure, you can use that excuse just like you want to use like the COVID excuse. Sure. I'm surprised they haven't used that excuse yet. <laughs> Man, well, Craig Council gets to the podium. No, you know what? Uh, yeah, Burns and, and Woody and you know Freddie, they just are too good. And we're just in awe here. That's why we're distracted. I can't hit the ball. Isn't that wild, though? It's like insane. your ace, your stopper is getting – the team in general is getting less than average runs per game. And your best pitcher is currently getting nearly two runs less than your below average runs per game. It's below two. It, it almost is, to quote Princess Bride, inconceivable. And I know what the word means. And the only time that Brandon Woodruff, by these numbers, since they, they aren't even over two runs per game for run support for him, the only way that Brandon Woodruff could probably feel comfortable on, on not taking a loss or getting a win. Yeah. Is giving up no runs, which every pitcher would then feel pretty comfortable. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Sophia Minard has another good tweet about uh, Brandon Woodruff's last two starts. Thank you, Rowdy. His last two starts. Thank you. 14 and a third inning pitch, five hits allowed, two earned runs, three walks, 21 strikeouts. He's now thrown seven consecutive quality starts with an ERA of 1.64 in those games. And by the way, a quality start is... Six innings or more with three earned runs or less. It's uh, and he's two. And it's one. unfathomable. He's it's two it's and inconceivable. 
Rowdy, how, 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 how? And I know that there were people out there Haynes? last night that uh, in the eighth inning where Brandon Woodruff took the mound, he uh, was starting to near that 100 uh, pitch mark. We're questioning, why didn't they just go to Devin Williams in the eighth inning? Mm-hmm. Why did they give Brandon Woodruff the eighth? I'm 100% okay living and dying with Brandon Woodruff being on the mound with where he was at pitch-wise and how good he was on the mound. If Brandon Woodruff is going to be the one that gives up the game, mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. I, I, I like sticking with the guy that's hot. I know Devin Williams, and I know that Josh Hader are great relievers, but I also know that Brandon Woodruff is a good starting pitcher. I'm gonna go with Brody, the, he's not good. He's great. I'm gonna go with the good player that's hot right now instead of taking a chance with a guy coming in from the bullpen that it might not be their night. We've seen, we've seen already that Devin Williams has had appearances where it wasn't his night. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've yeah we've seen that. So I'll, I'll live or die with uh, Craig Council keeping him out there in the eighth when maybe some people would question uh, Devin Williams should have went in to start the inning. I'm perfectly okay with. Oh my uh, god! When a guy's hot, let the guy be hot. And if you have 98 pitches, and if I'm Brandon Woodruff, I'm a and, and I'm in that situation. I'm a starter that wants to go out there and continue to throw the baseball. Well, remember when Brandon Woodruff was it his second start when he was out there just absolutely dealing? Uh, I don't even think he had given up a hit, and then Craig Council pulled him. Was that? The, I think it was his second start. And then Woody's like, and we remember we sparked that big uh, controversy about pulling pitchers because I think the Brewers ended up losing that game. And they're like, Craig, counsel, let the guy deal. He's on fire. And, and now, then it's, it sparked over to the airwaves. And then Woody, after the game, said, next time something like that happens, you're going to have to like pull me off the mound. Remember and that's that? where I was going with this. She, uh, in Sophia Minnert's tweets, she talked about his last two starts. Well, if you remember his last two starts, obviously it was last night with St. Louis. And then the night or the start before that was the day game against Philly. Yeah. where he ran into Zach Wheeler, yeah. and they let him go, and he was he was like, what, in the mid-90s for pitches, and they let him go that extra inning, and he gave up a home run, and the Brewers lost 2 to nothing, and Woodruff went, what was it, 6 and change, and gave up just that one earned run. I'm 100% okay with leaving him in. And if I'm the pitcher, I selfishly as a competitor, I want to be the guy that yes. lives or dies with yes. if I'm giving up the home run or not, yes. not somebody else because I just threw six, seven great innings and I want the opportunity to go out there and finish it. And you and we appreciate the opportunity, Rowdy. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's uh, but here's the thing: baseball has turned into like Noah Syndergaard the other day said baseball has gotten soft. The unwritten rules of baseball and baseball in general has gotten soft, and baseball is turning into this. You know, let me hit a home run or strike out, and there's no strategy to it anymore, and you know, everyone's got want to baby these pitchers and protect their arms. If a guy is dealing, let the mother let the guy deal. Right? Let him let him do his thing. Rowdy, is baseball soft? Has baseball gotten soft? It's gotten softer, yeah. It, well, it's it's so dumbed down. I I've said this a lot. I it's it's getting harder to watch. And that's coming from a baseball fan, obviously. <laughs> and Rowdy's like well, it's like you finally, you, you finally put some guys on and then you just see strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. And yes. you don't see anyone putting the ball in play. No. You don't see anybody. Well, how about Travis Shaw last night? Yeah, see, he put it in play. It ended up turning it into a run. And now, Lokane, running his, his... You're not going to obviously like be able to count on ba- uh, Bader being the guy that, you know, 
trips and falls. trips on the warning track and gets off balance. Yeah, and the then Cardinals outfield when he's trying night. to transfer the baseball, loses it and he's got to scurry <laughs> after it and then throw it in. You're not counting on that, but that's the thing. When you put the ball in play, you make other players have to make plays. Yeah. You put the pressure or the ball, I guess, back in their court. You put the ball in play, things happen. And you want things to happen because if things aren't happening, you're usually coming up on the losing side of things. No one's got to make any plays when you whiff three times and you're going walking back to the dugout. Yeah, exactly. If you put the ball in play, people have to then make plays, good or bad. And last night it happened to be good for the Milwaukee Brewers. So let's see what happens today. 1240, first pitch. Corbin Burns on the mound back after getting a little touch of the Rona. Asymptomatic, he said. And he's ready to go. Brandon Woodruff vouching for him says the dude is dialed, dialed in. All right, Rowdy, we got some free beer. or well, I don't know if we're getting free beer, but I want our listeners to get free beer. That is coming up uh, uh, on the way here. We're going to talk with uh, Goose Island, the fine folks from Goose Island, at this uh, relief pitcher we have going on on uh, the show here at madcitysports.com. You can go sign up. 